Welcome to the Resilient Sucks podcast, brought to you by the Adaptability Movement. I'm Ben. And I'm Dan. And we're here to give you resources and tools to help you go from a state of surviving to thriving in life. Resilient sucks the life out of you. And while it's a necessary skill, it's one that we don't want to spend too much time in or we run out of capacity. We're here to talk to you more about how to adapt and find the opportunity and change so you can really go about thriving in your own life. Welcome to the Resilient Sucks podcast. Today on our episode, we've got Chris McHugh, uh, two-time Com Games gold medalist in beach volleyball and great mate of mine. And um, this is different for me. Like I, I haven't had an episode where I've spoken to one of my best mates yet, so it'll be interesting, sort of how we how we go. But um, I'm, I'm really excited to have Chris on the episode with us today. Um, like I said, he, he's, he's been a true and authentic mate um, for a number of years now, and played some big roles in each other's lives um, over the over the past sort of decade or more and um, I just know that he's got heaps of value to share with with our listeners so Chris welcome to the podcast thanks mate thanks for having me um, yeah always a bit awkward and weird I guess like um, <laughs> we've known each other for like 15 years now so yeah um, I've initially met through you know mutual friends in volleyball so um, yeah I guess you've seen me at my best and my worst whether it's sport and life so um, no, look, really happy to be here and, you know, to share, I guess, some of my experiences yeah. in sport and in life. And I guess if somebody can take something out of it, this, then, you know, that's the best possible reason to share my experiences, I guess. Absolutely. So we, we spoke about, um, you know, highs and lows and, and absolutely we've been there for, for each other through some big ones, each of us. And um, maybe maybe that's where we start. Like to take people back, we, we often start with a highlight, and we talked about you know the back to back Com Games gold medals. But um, you've you've had a long journey in your sport um, in beach volleyball, having started out as you know as a junior and working your way through the indoor and beach ranks and through the SASI programs. So that's the South Australian Sports Institute for for those that are interstate, um, all the way up to national team and, and Olympic level. And there's there's been a number of challenges that you've had to navigate throughout that period. Tell us about some of those. Yeah, look, I've been extremely lucky. I've had a pretty long career so far. Uh, I've been part of the national team here in Adelaide for the last 14 years. So uh, I got picked up in year 12 to the Australian Institute of Sport Beach Volleyball Program. So uh, year 12 was, you know, training six to eight and then going to high school, year 15, year 12 and coming back in the Arvos, um, which I guess was one of the, the more challenging times. Uh, definitely had the parents riding me to get good results and, and not just, you know, be a, an athlete. Um, and so I guess that really taught me a lot about the the value that you can put on the development of the whole person and not just, you know, the, the beach volleyball or the athlete. And I was really, I'm really lucky to, to work in an environment where people genuinely care about you and, and, and care about the whole person and not just, you know, I need an athlete that does the results and that's it. But actually, you know, are you doing some self-development? Are you, you know, taking care of yourself, your family and, and the whole athlete? So um, for me, you know, over the years, like, I've had a lot of injuries. Uh, it's the nature of our sport, I guess, that you get a, a lot of overuse injuries. And I've also probably one of the more unlucky <laughs> sort of guys going around as well. Like, I think I'm up to about my 13th or 14th surgery. Um, I've had, you know, five knee surgeries, had a shoulder reconstruction post uh, London, no, Rio. 
Uh, we didn't qualify for Rio Olympics, needed a shoulder reconstruction. Uh, I nearly lost my hand when I was 19. Uh, had two massive blood clots in my forearm. Um, still goes purple in every winter, which is never great. You can't really feel anything. So, um, yeah, look. I think the funniest one was, you know, traveling to the Netherlands and getting a, a staph infection in my face and yeah. blowing up like no tomorrow and looking like this big, sad, you know, bulldog having having your face out here and spending, you know, three days in hospital in, in the Netherlands before getting out and playing. And I think that's, you know, I guess those situations also let you focus in on what's really important. Yeah, I feel like you know, even this last season, there have been a fair bit of sickness going around on tour and, um, but also at home and the, we joke about it within our team with between myself and Paul, like every time I get sick, we do really well. We get a good result <laughs> or, or I'm injured, we get a good result. Yeah. And I guess it just, uh, it helps you to, to simplify things. It does. It helps you yeah. to simplify your own processes, but also the team processes and allows I guess opens the door a little bit for the other person standing on the court to really step into their role for the team a lot stronger. Yeah. Um, but also, I guess it minimizes in my own self the amount of, uh, in my words, crap that goes on in my head, overthinking yeah. things, yeah. over acknowledging things rather than just being like, all right, you know, in beach volleyball, we have a point, we have 15 seconds, we get to reset, we go again. And so um, you focus more on that stuff and just because you, you're knackered and you can't, Mm -hmm. Can't think about anything else, I guess. Yeah, and I can definitely relate to that. Like I think you and I have shared a few stories of that overanalyzing and you know a lot of um, putting way far too much pressure on ourselves. You, you talked off camera before about being um, our own harshest critics, and um, you know it's it's been something that well, I think it, for, for most people it's something you have to work through and, and overcome throughout life. But particularly for a sports person, when you put yourself at such a high um, standard of performance in, in terms of the way you train, you prepare, you recover, and you, you're always wanting to give your best, that that, that can have um, you know, the opposing effect and sort of sabotage some of what you want to achieve because you know, you're, you're laying so much expectation on yourself. And you know, one of the, the greatest things, and I've shared this many times in, in talks and interviews and whatnot, is that you shared with me is that you, you said to me, you're more than just a discus thrower. I was, I was trying to qualify for world champs I'd, I'd missed a, a world champs and a paralympic games already um albeit i was only new to the sport but you know i, I was this is my third attempt at a, at a team and it came down to the last competition and the last throw in that and, and the voice i had in my head was yours and it was like you're more than just a discus thrower like just to be able to go out there and do something because you enjoy it not because you're attaching your identity to it to say that i either do this and i'm great or i fail at this and i'm nothing that it's it's something that I do and if, if I get it, awesome. But if I don't, that doesn't mean that I'm less of a person. Can you speak to more of that? Because I, I just think that that's one of the best pieces of advice I've had in my whole life. Oh, geez. Makes me sound like Yoda. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, look, I think for me, like, it's... I've had my own battles along the way. Like, I guess being lucky enough to be selected in a national team when you're 17 years old and then, you know, there's a certain level of expectation being you know, by other people's, I guess, uh, valued that you are, you know, talented and you could go a long way in a sport. And so, and getting opportunities and doing all these things, right, from a, such a young age, um, that you then haven't quite worked out. Like, 
you know, what do I stand for? Who am I? Yep. Why? Why do I am I doing this? Am I doing this? Yeah, I enjoy it. I love winning. Um, but also, I guess, like, I want to go to the Olympic Games when I'm younger and do all these things. And that's you get to a point where it's like, over time, you learn, especially, you know, I've learned over the journey that, you know, I've been through three or four different partners now, playing partners, um, that it's more the journey to get to the point of getting yeah. to the Olympic Games or yeah. getting to the Commonwealth Games and achieving a result is much greater. The worth is way greater in that than actually the result itself because there's yeah. no guarantee that your, you know, sport is so cutthroat that it's like, it doesn't matter. They, nobody cares whether you're like, you know, you've sacrificed all these things if the end result yeah. um, is literally, you know, last Commonwealth Games, we, we won 16-14 in the third set, which is the closest you can ever get in beach volleyball. And it's literally a, a toss of the coin yeah. which way the point goes. So at that point in time, it's trusting yourself and trusting your teammate, but yeah. also just going, I've done the work, I've put in everything I've got. Yeah. And if it doesn't fall my way, then I'm okay with that. Yeah. But you're only okay with that if you know that you've done the work and that you trust yeah. yourself, I guess. Yeah. And so for me, getting to that point of being, well, I'm now you know, a father of two kids, I've got a lovely, great wife, Danae, and going, my kids don't care when I come home. Like they're three and one, like they don't care if I've had a great day on the training track or a terrible day on the training track. They're just like, hey dad, I want to play. I want to play, you know. Jack's like always run with me, play with me, do something with me, right? He doesn't care what's what's Mm. happened. He knows I play beach volleyball. I hit a ball over the net and he gets to cheer for me on TV. Like it's cool that he can acknowledge that, but ultimately he's like, you're my dad. Like, I just want you to love me and and support me in what I do. And so I guess the same mentality then about, well, I'm more than a beach volleyball player. I'm, you know, I'm a role model for people in my sport. I'm a role model for hopefully for, you know, I go out as part of the SA Premiers Be Active Challenge and encourage kids to be active and get out and and give things a crack. And I guess I have the, the platform every, four years for Commonwealth Games, every four years for, for the Olympics to be able to put my best self forward and be an advertisement for, you know, what kids can do in South Australia yeah. um, if they want to give it a crack. Yeah. And that's the best thing about, you know, Brisbane 2032 coming up, you know, it's 10 years away, but yeah. it'll go like that. And the kids who are now, you know, 10 to 15, uh, they're the prime yeah. prime time for, for 10 years time, which, yeah. You know, there's only, I think it's like four and a half thousand Olympians and probably 500 of them have been able to, you know, have a home Olympics. I've been lucky enough to have a home Commonwealth Games and I can probably say that the Olympics is probably 10 times as cool as a home Commonwealth Games. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It goes beyond that though as well, because it's not just who you are like in front of people, like it's who you are as a person, Chris. Like... Um, and I, I know how uncomfortable you get when we talk about stuff that's like might touch on emotions or feelings and yet you know, you are a very open person like you know you, you're authentic you're kind you're generous you you know you're you're reliable you you're all of these things to people like we you know we both got kids now and it's it's um, you sort of there's this utopian thought you're like great we're gonna have kids around the same time and and we'll get to spend all this time together and and actually you just so run off your feet with with work and sport and 
whatever else you're doing, we probably spend less time together. But there's still that every time we catch up, it's meaningful. Every time I see our kids play together, that to me, that is beyond that wider impact that you're, you're probably having. And it's like, it's just, it's right here. It's right now. Like it's, it's so cool to see Jack and Zen go running off together and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> Jack running and Zen's like, yeah, and Zen a little naively, bit behind. <laughs> yeah, naively kind of following, but you know, um, I I believe you undersell yourself in, in terms of your personal worth outside of, of sport and those sort of things. And that's why I know you can offer so much value is because you, you'll never be someone that is out there um, purely doing it just um, selfishly. Like there's, there's a, and, and I don't mean selfish is a bad thing because I think we actually need to, to place more self-care and, and emphasis on our own being and, and be more personally responsible. But like you, you do it because it, it not just because it makes you feel good, because it makes you feel good to see others like um, see that as as something relatable or aspirational, or you know, there's a, there's a greater good in, in what you do. I guess is what I'm trying to say. What I wanted to come back to though, like, um, was we talked about some of those injury challenges, and I've, we've probably joked before that we, you know, there's probably a medical textbook out there waiting to be written on just your your career. But um, but beyond the injuries, there was, um, you know, there's been other yeah, when you when you're in an Olympic sport and it's a, it operates on a four year cycle, yeah. you know there's there's such a huge emphasis on you know where you are in that cycle and when you get to the peak of that cycle, you know qualifi- qualifying and knowing that you're safe to go and and that that's been a tumultuous kind of experience for you along the way. I mean, what I've witnessed was you know you, you mentioned a few a number of different playing partners, but um, you know there was um, particularly London. Rio, uh, and then finally Tokyo when you made the team after after two pretty pretty close calls, like you know very narrow missing out, like and and what that felt like in the moment because I, I remember at one point you were you're considering a complete you know change of sport like just to check out altogether and you know what maybe I'll go and try a rookie career in AFL like um, so to, uh, talk us through more of that because most people you, you could look at that and say oh man that's really tough but actually what what you've gone through is has helped shape who you are and 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 def- created this um, this performer like someone that you, you mentioned the com games before and you won by two points, man. Like you, I get the tingles thinking about this. Like oh, it was one a.m. in the morning and I'm I'm sitting up in the bed, fist pumping, watching you come back from what was it um, nine thirteen down or something. Oh, in the first com games. Uh, no, no, second com game. You were behind in the second set. There was a, there was a moment where you had you had to work your way back into the. Maybe uh, I honestly can't remember. Too right. Much about that. Okay. Well, I watched both of them, and um, it, it was it was just unbelievable the way that you kind of stepped up in that moment, and that wasn't always what you were known for. But I think what's helped shape that is is the setbacks that you've been through, how you've responded to those, because a lot of people they they check out, they they nosedive, they they go to that slippery slope of you know, almost self-combusting, whereas you haven't. Like each time you've just tweaked it a little bit, you've come back stronger, you've, you know, you've looked at it and gone, what can I learn from this and how can I be a better version of myself? So to take us through that journey a little bit. So we've got London, we've got Rio, finally Tokyo, um, and how that helped shape you for those, those pinnacle moments in those two com games. Yeah, I think, I think the thing about our sport, uh, Commonwealth game, uh, sorry, not Commonwealth, beach volleyball, is that the Olympics is like the pinnacle for us. It's, you know, there's nothing higher than the Olympic Games. Um, it's probably one of the hardest sports to qualify for, for the Olympics. Um, it's 24 team draw, 23 when you take out the home team. So 
Uh, currently, it's your best uh, 12 results over an 18-month qualifying period, um, and you get top 16 in the world uh, through world ranking, um, and plus the world champions from the, the year before, and then one spot for every continental zone. So we come out of Asia, uh, much like, I guess, the World Cup soccer qualifying process. Um, and so in terms of actual teams or individuals, I guess it's like making the, to actually qualify for the Olympics is kind of making like the semifinals of the swimming, I guess. Um, and so to get to the Olympic games itself is quite a, a big deal to qualify. Um, and so, yeah, you know, my first attempt, I guess, was with Josh Slack um, when I was quite young. I was, I think it was like 20, 21. Um, which was quite a daunting task. Uh, Josh Slack, for you know those outside beach volleyball, is you know a legend of the sport. He's been to three Olympic Games, uh, World Championship, bronze medalist. You know, God knows how many times Australian champion. Like the dude's a legend of the sport, and you know one of the real, um, I guess, pioneers of the sport in Australia for men's beach volleyball. Yeah. Um, and I was you know privileged enough to get the opportunity as a young young player to 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 play with him for three years. Um, I guess the the experience for me was pretty full on, uh, going from not really knowing too much about the sport to then being thrown into this cauldron of, you know, I've got a guy who's 13 or 14 years older than me. Yeah. You know, he's come to the back end of his career. He wants to go to his fourth Olympics. Um, Myself, I'm just like, oh, like trying to work out my elbow from my toe about training, like training full time, traveling on the world tour, performing on there. And, but also, I guess, dealing with my own self-doubt uh, through that period of time. And, and still today, like you're talking about your own self-critic. Uh, for me, it's my own self-critic, but also my own uh, questioning of, you know, am I good enough? Am I, you know, I'm... Um, I know I'm not a great passer of the float server. I'm not good down to my left-hand side or, or this or that. I give away all trade secrets. Man. I don't know how, I mean, I'm not going to overstate our audience, but at some point this might be research on you. I think, I think if anybody's watched me enough, they, they know my weaknesses. <laughs> um, but, you know, letting that stuff overtake, you know, the the good stuff that yeah. I can do yeah. and the, it's, I guess the weapons and the, the attributes that I do have that other people see that yeah. obviously... I don't always see and I'm not always confident enough to, to bring them out um, as much as I need to. Sure. And so, you know, we went through the process. I had, you know, some some issues with, you know, blood clots and all that sort of thing. Yeah. And we didn't always get on the court as much as we needed to um, for various different reasons. And, you know, we, we ended up getting to the, through the Continental Cup process to the last game. Uh, it was best of five games, Davis Cup style uh, with Japan. And uh, we ended up losing the, <coughs> the, the golden set, which was like the fifth game, uh, pretty close. I think it was 15-12, 15-13. Uh, and it was literally, you know, the winner goes to the Olympic Games, the loser goes, drinks beers in Bali for a week. Like, it yeah, was pretty, I remember. pretty crushing, um, you know. But that experience taught me so much that, you know, if I knew what I knew now back then, we would have been sweet. We would have been good. Yeah. But obviously, you know, you don't know what you don't know at the time. And yeah. the way the team was set up, you know, it's what people thought was best. Yeah. Um, and for myself, I guess, you know, learning a lot. And I'm, you know, always 
grateful for, to Josh and, and the coaching staff for giving me the opportunity and, and teaching me so much and so much, I guess, high performance mentality and, and attributes that, you know, Josh, I don't think you'll ever meet a more um, committed person to his sport than Josh Lack. Like, he's a, most competitive, you- a, he's the most competitive guy you'll ever meet in your life. Like, don't even try and play beer pong with him because <laughs> the dude like knows the rules. Well, there is another outs. volleyball that's competitive <laughs> like that, and Bo Soderberg too. Yeah, I think Josh takes. You reckon? Both. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but you know that that experience, I guess, uh, left me wanting more, um, but also questioning. It it could have gone both ways in terms of like using it to then fuel me for another four years. I guess we live our lives in four-year cycles yeah. in beach volleyball, and yeah, it's a it's, a it's a long time to commit yourself to just that sole <coughs> purpose of the Olympic Games. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, like I went down the track of you know investigating, you know, B class B rookie, I guess, with, with footy, and went to some testing and that sort of stuff. And you know, ultimately, I went, well, no, I, I feel like my my job's not finished in beach volleyball. Um, and, you know, with, with Isaac Kappa, we decided to get together and had some pretty immediate success, um, you know, winning Asian champs in our first crack. And, you know, we were definitely good enough to go to the Olympic Games and qualify through top 16. Um, just couldn't get ourselves on the court. Like, legitimately, you know, we, we were ranked in the top 10 in the world for a while there and um, capped shoulder broke down and you know had to get a reconstruction there and had some other things with his hip and just couldn't quite get on the tour for long enough to to keep things going Mm. for long enough um and yeah you know by the end of it my my shoulder needed a reconstruction and we didn't uh we didn't perform when when continental cup come around because we didn't qualify through top 16 and that was you know a bit of a uh, devastating i guess more so because I knew we were good enough to go and do it, um, but also the the timelines leading in to that tournament. You know, I remember getting on the plane to LA and just like basically boarding, giving the the, the hostie the boarding pass on the plane like you need to, and I'm like crying as I get on the plane because you know it'd been such a tumultuous yeah. twelve months that I didn't really want to play. I didn't want to go on this trip, but we well, kind of had to, and. Yeah. Um, and you know, and then post twenty sixteen, like we didn't qualify for Rio. Had the shoulder reconstruction, it was done. I went and bought a small business in Adelaide. Um, while I was, you know, because shoulder recons usually take about twelve months. Once you, you know, have the surgery, rehab, and you know they're quite finicky as well. Um, and so, getting into that new space, I guess, going and getting a real job. For a bit, um, the desk job, and you know, I, I guess you don't miss anything until it's gone. And and for me, I really missed the the challenging myself physically every day. Like I'm a physical guy. My attributes are my, I guess, my willingness and ability just to to grind things out and really physically take on a, a massive load. Um, and so for me going from, you know, flogging yourself five, six days a week to then sitting at a desk and not really doing much. <laughs> it was a big change. Yep. Um, right. But also, I guess I missed the the close teamwork and camaraderie that looking back and going, actually, I'm very lucky in what I do. I get to call myself an elite athlete, but it's more, I get to go every day to an environment where 
everybody's trying to improve themselves yeah. and get better yeah. and, and get the people around them better um, and challenge each other. And so going from that environment there to an office where I'm sitting by myself and taking phone calls was, was super different. And, you know, I got the opportunity then by uh, fortuitous circumstances, I guess, that I, I got together with Damo Schumann and forever and a day, you know, we were always enemies, for lack of a better word, on the court. Like him coming from Victoria, I mean, from South Australia, you know, like growing up through the ranks together, it was always us versus them. And, but then also once, you know, Damo had never been a part of the national team program. And so it always, as an outsider, it was always kind of them versus us. And, mm -hmm. and it wasn't the most healthy environment within the beach volleyball community at that time. Um, but, you know, we were the kind of the last one standing in terms of all the other boys had partnered up and we were just kind of sitting there, me not really fit coming back from my shoulder recon. And we're just like, you know what, the, screw it, we'll give it a crack. Um, I'll get fit. Uh, Damo's like, Damo's the most positive person you'll ever meet in your life. Like, he's just like, yeah, let's do it. And so, and, and, you know, he's got this really unique ability just to throw everything at it and deal with so much. And, you know, through that time period with Damo, we played for three years together, three and a half years through to Tokyo. Um, you know, we had the COVID interruption in there as well. So that period of time with Damo, I guess, um, he showed me and taught me so much um, about just the ability to be able to take on so much externally, but then be able to just distill into this is what we do when we step on the court and being able to just leave leave things at the door. Yeah. Um, but also, as I said, like he's just like this extremely positive guy that helped me and showed me the door that you can step through if you really want to, yeah. if you want to be that positive can-do yeah. guy. Um, and so, yeah, look, we achieved our dream. We, we qualified for Tokyo Olympics um, through the Continental Cup, um, you know, and that was that in itself qualifying was uh, an ordeal. You know, it was still COVID. We had to travel to Thailand for, for three weeks, three and a half weeks. And that was basically, you know, Thai quarantine with an hour of volleyball a day. And, you know, COVID test every second day where they tickled the back, back of your brain. Um, <laughs> It's yeah. uh, going from that and qualifying for like three weeks of that and then coming back to Australia and doing another two weeks of Aussie quarantine on the Gold Coast. You know, you're still trying to, in your hotel room, you know, got some weights delivered and, you know, you're doing your push-ups and your sit-ups and still trying to get your jump load in and, and on the spin bike, but it doesn't compare to actually, no. you know, running on the stand. I dare anybody to go, you know, go do 20 sprints on the sand and see how you feel. And like, we're the exact same. Like, we... Yeah we can do it all day when we're, you know, training. But then as soon as you take a break for us, it's like you take two weeks and it's probably going to take you two and a half, three weeks to get back to, to being staying yeah. fit. So for us, it was like, oh, yes, like the greatest thing ever, qualify for the Olympics and now we're going to go sit in quarantine. Yeah. You know, we get out and we get four training sessions and then you're on the plane to Tokyo and you're off and going. And, you know, we, we arguably had a pretty good Olympics um, for, for what we had prepared for. We... <clears throat> nearly beat the the eventual Olympic goals medalists. We lost 15-13 in the third. And, you know, I think that it wasn't exactly the Olympics that you uh, grow up dreaming of seeing. And, you know, Rio was a 45,000-seat stadium on Copacabana yeah. Beach. Yeah. And then, you know, Tokyo, you walk into this stadium of 30,000 people and there's literally like 12 people in the stands Sounds, and yeah. you can hear your coach 
down the end. And but in and also, it's disappointing in some respects because you know my family couldn't be there, and yeah. they've you know sacrificed so much between my wife and my parents and my sisters. You know the whole and Danae's family as well. Um, but to then you know I think it actually helped me perform pretty well in terms of it took the emotion out of it. Mm. The, the when you play in front of big crowds it tends to then heighten your emotional reaction. Whereas, because there was only, you know, 12 people in the crowd, crowd, I use that word pretty loosely, but <laughs> um, it was actually then, you know, just playing, just another volleyball game. Yeah. It's just like training. There's eight yeah. by eight, there's two, uh, two blokes on the other side. Yes, okay, they're probably seven foot one Russian guy, but it's, um, <laughs> it's just go out and perform, right? Yeah. And so yeah. it's just a cool experience and really cool to share it with Damo. That was his last tournament yeah. internationally. And, you know, um, now playing with Paul, totally different, you know, ball game again. Um, for, you know, when I was playing with Josh, there was 13 years age gap. He was older and now it's like, oh, playing with Paul is, I think it's <coughs> nine years. Yeah. But it's the other, it's the flip side, right? Yeah. So for me now, it's trying to use my experiences playing with Josh yeah. and flip it on the other way and yeah. go, well, you know, these are the things that I thought weren't quite right and going, yeah. well, you know, how can yeah. I yeah. impart all my knowledge and, you know, help Paul be the best person he can be and best player he can be. Yeah. But then also I have to deliver on my end at the same time. And, you know, arguably it's going pretty well. We're, I think we're 12th in the world at the moment and, you know, won Com Games this year. So, look, super excited for what's coming up. We, uh, we have World Tour in November and then uh, started Olympic qualifying January this year so you know we've I guess we talk about relationships and, and talk about different partners and you know Paul is you know unique again like he's a highly functioning individual you know he's he's just graduated from dentistry like he's got more qualifications than I could ever dream of right like um, but and he's a you know highly intelligent person and so his iq is even volleyball iq is pretty huge but yeah. i guess i see a little bit of myself in him where he questions his ability and questions himself sure. and and lets his you know confidence get dinted a little bit and you know that's where i as the i guess i have to be that can-do person that damo was for me for yep. him and yep. you know the, the 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 roles through the teams that people have played for me now I have to play and make things work mm. um, and that's the beauty of beach volleyball that you know I see Paul more than my wife and you know I always joke it's like you know it's like a marriage for four years like I see him more than Danae and I you know overseas we don't get separate rooms we we yeah. twin share and yeah. you, you go through all the same issues that any other conventional relationship have yeah. you have the the really high high honeymoon periods you have the the epic lows where you you know you're on tour for 12 weeks and you're halfway through and you're playing like shit and you miss home and the for me the kids are playing up and i can't help my wife at yeah. home but you know being able to develop that trust and respect within the team and that only comes from hard work yeah. in my opinion like yeah. you can't develop yeah strong relationships and trust with people if you're not willing to do the work, yeah. whether it's physical, mental, emotional, yeah. um, and just be there for people. So, hundred percent. So let, <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit because I think, you know, hard work doesn't necessarily do it justice. It, it's a willingness to 
be open. It's a willingness to to share, to care for, to like you said, to um, to just genuinely feel something f- for and with someone else. So, like, talk us through that because, like, um, you know, I've, I've witnessed a, a lot of this with you. I've had my own experience with you, which I like again, like I, you know, I can't speak highly enough of like what you mean to me as a friend and how much I value you. It makes me emotional thinking about it. Um, but you, you've spoken about that as well, even in a new relationship with Paulie. I've seen you go through it with Damo and how close you guys were in some of those moments. And I'm not just talking about the high moments, I'm talking about the stuff where you had to sort of persist and persevere through something like. Um, and then there's been the con- converse of that as well, when there's been a real pressure cooker situation where, you know, pressure's on maybe uh, earlier in the career when you're a little less experienced. Like, what, what, have, you, what have you really learned about yourself like that relationship with yourself and then then the way that you want to share that with others that that has helped sort of get you to where you are now where you know i think like you know there's there's not too many greater authorities that be able to speak to this in terms of you know if you want to get someone in and talk to them about you know connection and relationships and and how you communicate with the the support network around you whether that's in business or in a relationship like You've, you've got those tools, man. Like you've, you've developed that. So like, can you share some of those? Or, or just from your own perspective, you might not feel like they're tools to you, but they're things that you do that I, work for you. I guess it's working out for myself now as an older athlete, but also, I guess, through my experiences with the guys I've played with and how driven a lot previously by the coaching stuff. Um, you know, I've been extremely lucky to, to have some great coaches over the, and, Can I, know. I'm just going to pause for one second. We've used lucky a few times. Like yeah. you, you I, I said this to someone else today, like to me, lucky, it's complete random coincidence. <laughs> like it, it, it's almost, there's nothing there. Like I, I like to use fortunate. You could say grateful for like you've, you've manifested and created this stuff and you deserve to give yourself credit for that. So I, I might be being a bit picky and I, I don't know. Yeah, to be over I, the I top, guess but. when I say lucky, I guess like I'm. As you say, I know fortunate, you're for fortunate it. to have people yeah. like you know Shoddy, Frog, yeah, Guy, Simon, you know now Mike, um, yeah. coaches who, you know, they're great people, yeah. and at the essence of being an athlete within a very small team, like yeah. you just need good people, yeah, and that's half the battle, yeah. Like as soon as you have two people, you need what Frog sent to me once is like you just need the majority of the team going in the same direction, reading mm-hmm. from that same hymn book. Yeah. And as soon as you've got the majority, whether yeah. it's a small team, a big team, going in the right direction, like I know yeah. from, you know, you playing footy, right? Like you've got 18 blokes on the field. You need, you know, 12, 14 of them doing something you, good. You kind of need a consensus. <laughs> you need a consensus, right? <laughs> Otherwise, everybody's going to be playing yeah. their own yeah. technique and, and whatever. Yeah. And I guess for me, working out what makes me tick, yeah. like I get, a lot of satisfaction about, you know, talk about love languages, I guess. Like yeah. for me, I I like to help people. I like to, you know, do things for people. That's yeah. my love language. Like yeah. I'm not big on, you know, gifts and that sort of stuff. But yeah. if I can spend time and do something for you, yeah, I'll generally try and do it. Yeah. And so, you know, I often critique my own self going, well, am I actually being true and authentic to myself? And I guess being there for people as much as I want to yeah. and I can you know I'm through traveling we travel you know 16 20 weeks of the year yeah. I've been I've had to miss a lot of 
big important occasions for people and feeling like I've let them down. But then also, as you said earlier, like with two kids and training yeah. and travel, you like, yeah. you just feel like you're not giving your best to everybody yeah. um, or letting people down. And so being, and I try not to be selfish to a certain extent, but sometimes you have to be because otherwise you're spreading yourself way too thin, mm -hmm. right? And so I guess for me now in my team with Paul, trying to take ownership, more ownership over, this is my team with Paul and with Mike and going, well, how, how do we want to be? How do we want to be known by? What are our values? You know, can you sit down with a person? And I guess this is where the environment that I operate in with the coaching staff and Paul, because it's so supportive, then you can open up the conversations to have those, I guess, vulnerable conversations about this is what excites me, this is what scares me, yeah, awesome. this is what really, you know, pushes my buttons, this is yeah. where, this is what scares the absolute crap yep. out of me, right? Like, and having those conversations with Paul, which, you know, if I was his age and having those conversations with Josh, like I'd be shitting myself. Yeah. And so, you know, credit to him that he's really come to the party and yeah. But there's also, I guess, that um, making assumptions about things, right? Like, I play volleyball because I love to compete. I play as a professional athlete because I love to play for prize money, right? That may not be the same for everybody. They don't. You know, we might have some things that align, but then other things are yep. different. And so trying to then just, I guess, self-assess and go, well, I make these decisions because I want these things out of it and you want these, your things out of it too. And then if there's too many that are polar opposites, it's not going to work. Yeah. But if we can try and mold things to go, all right, this is, this is where we want to be and how we want to do it. And, you know, I'm not perfect. My communication style on court is... Uh, far from ideal at times. Um, it's quite visible. <coughs> and you know, I'm a, TV. I'm an emotional person yeah. by anybody's standard. Like, you know, my wife is stone cold compared to me. Like, <laughs> she's, um, and I love her to bits. Love you. Um, but I guess for the, the sport that we play, because I'm literally 50% of the team yeah. and there's no substitutions, there's no timeouts. Yeah. Sorry, there's, there is timeouts. You get one a set. Yeah. But more so, like, there's no, you know, I can't get the coach to come down and, you know, this is what I'm seeing from the back of the court. It's like you have to problem solve. You have to be your own coach mm -hmm. and self-regulate and do all these things. And going for me, what makes me play well? It's being super physical, you know, being aggressive and putting my best foot forward all the time. And in doing that, I can then get highly emotional and react to things. But in doing that, if I'm coming across too strongly in how I communicate with Paul, it doesn't help him, Yeah. right? And so it might help me play good, but if it then negatively affects him too much, the team's not playing well. Yeah. So it's like, how yeah. do, within the team environment, whether it's business or you know, mm -hmm. beach volleyball, not necessarily what is best for you is best for the team or for the business yeah. and so can you learn to put others first or put the team first yeah. and I guess yeah. what I need to always keep asking myself is is what I'm doing right now putting the team taking me closer to or further away from the team yeah and generally if I can answer it and go you know it's taking me closer to the pathway yeah 
then it's generally a pretty good decision. Yeah. And I guess the the knock sometimes is I don't put other relationships down that process, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, is the, you know, is what I'm doing taking me closer to my kids or it's close to my wife or close to my friends? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I'm, don't have a business right now, but like, yeah. you know, I also don't believe in going, I have to put all my eggs in this basket for it to work out. Yeah. Like, it's a bit of a safety net for me that I like to have a, you know, a backup plan, which yeah. it scares the shit out of me that some people I know can be like, nah, I'm doing this. And if it doesn't work out, that's cool. Mm. I'm like, that, that terrifies me. Yeah. But it's, I can also see the benefits of it. And so, you know, for me, I guess it being an athlete is ultimately you are selfish. You, you prioritize recovery, you prioritize yeah. nutrition yeah. and all these things, right? But how we talk about being adaptable, like yeah. you know, through life, like you generally then attract like-minded individuals yeah. um, who will support you along that way. Yeah. And yes, okay, you know, some of them might benefit out of your relationship, some of them won't, but yeah. ultimately, you know, you just want to be that good person for people. Yeah. Wow, there is so much to unpack in that, that last 10 minute monologue. <laughs> um, so, there's so many things, like I'm gonna, I'll go back to the things that I can remember. So you talked about Paul obviously being that sort of nine year age gap and that willingness to be vulnerable with each other. We um, had a conversation in a cafe a few weeks ago when we were talking about this and you, myself and Ben were there and, and I remember you saying that and just being, wow, that's that's like really powerful for me hearing that and hearing it from you because I, you know, I probably had an experience of you know being witnessing some of you know your career and and relationship and different things and have seen you to sort of sometimes in my opinion to to resist a little bit of that deeper stuff or to maybe maybe it's made you uncomfortable and I've overshared a little bit <laughs> which I tend to do being a somewhat emotional person as well um, and to hear the way that you, like you've you've um, you know, led through that, that you brought someone along with you, like, the, you know, taking what you learned from your relationship to jo with Josh and perhaps even Kappa and then bringing that into a new relationship with someone where, like you said, it's been flipped. Like, to me, that, that is the secret source because when you understand someone better in a team, you, you then can sort of um, speak to each other's love language, like you said, because you're not making an assumption about why they're there and that that might be exactly the same reason as you you now have a, a more intimate understanding of what it drives them and how you can actually support that in the same way that that, that support is being offered to you. Um, we, we've said a number of times, in, in uh, anyone that's listened to this podcast would know that we always suggest that there's a third person in every relationship and that is the relationship. So you've described it as a team, but it's, you know, there's, there's Chris, there's Paul, and there's the relationship or the team. There's Dan, there's Ben, there's the relationship or, you know, us as a team. And, and a lot of people view it as if it's this tit for tat. So it's like, Chris did something for me, so I need to do something for him. Or um, they're almost keeping a ledger of things. Whereas when you, when you place a relationship above sort of both of those individual needs and you say, well, I value my relationship with Chris. And so then I need to feed that in the same way that it feeds me. And if I do that, we both benefit. And we're, the, the sum of two parts is greater than, than their individual yeah. um, you know, existence. So you know, to me, that, you know, if, it's one gold nugget, I think, in terms of what we're talking about today. It doesn't matter if you're in a team sport, an individual um, you know, sport, you're still probably going to be in a squad or be around other you know, training partners. 
just spending a little bit of time to understand the people around you and what drives them, like it goes a long way to, to building stronger connections and, and a more functional relationship and, and something that will serve both of you. Yeah, and you know, I guess through the nature of our sport, um, you see people at their very best and you can see people at their worst at the same yeah. time. Um, and I guess that's part of being human, mm-hmm. but then also, you know, being able to, the classic is when we, when we lose, right? Like people react differently to losses differently. Everybody needs some time after, you know, the team debrief to recollect their thoughts, reprocess things yeah. and then come back. It's the, the best sign is when people come back going, I know I screwed up, but this is what I want to do now and this is how I want to come back stronger. It's the people that, you know, dwell on the loss too long Mm -hmm. um, and really question things too much and instead of going, well, that internal monologue of how can I, what can I do better this time and come back and I guess, you know, I joke sometimes that I'm a bit like a cockroach, you can't kill me. Like I'm always somehow coming back and, you know, whether it's physically or... You know, I Very won't give perseverant. up. And so how within a team can people keep coming back together? Mm. Because that's the, I guess, if you can't, the beach volleyball, shoddy's greatest, you know, I guess, catch cry is like, beach volleyball is all about breaking the other team apart. Yeah. If you can break the other team apart, it's that, that's who wins. Mm. And so how strong is your team relationship? And if, you can just keep knocking at the rock and creators time after time through the course of an hour game. And yeah. finally at the back end, you don't know which strike is going to break the rock open. Yeah. It could be the very first or it could be the hundredth. Yeah. But you need to keep knocking at the door and stay strong as a team. Yeah. And so, you know, that starts just as much off the court as on the court. Yeah. It's always fascinating me, like with, beach volleyball in particular but like you know i guess it applies to to tennis to badminton anything where there's that real um it's it's us versus them and they're right there like there's a net in between you and like if you can especially in the smallest you know um side so you know you've only got two people on each side of the net you know tennis it's one or two like there's that real opportunity it's like you could be the best athlete you know physically in the world but if you can't if you can't process those things emotionally like so that you are resilient to what's being or you know um, thrown at you, but then also to chip away at whatever's at the other end and and, and expose those weaknesses. Well, then you're never going to be successful. So it's it's this added this this extra dimension that I think a lot of sports don't have in the same way as what you experience. Yeah, it's I guess because we are. It's not like tennis, I guess, where you're at the baseline rallies, right? And you've just come to the net a couple of times to volley. Mm. It's, there's a conflict zone in beach volleyball. It's like, <laughs> oh, I like that. It's legitimately, yeah. I'm at the net as a blocker and you're, mm. you know, half a meter away from me yeah. and I'm trying to reach as far, penetrate over yeah. the net as far yeah. as I can to reach into your space and yeah. who owns the net yeah. almost. And yeah. so then, you know, I'm not always the best at being able to, can you actually see what's happening on the other side of the net yeah. in between rallies, yeah. not just during the yeah. rally? Yeah. And how are you carrying yourself? How mm-hmm. are you yeah. portraying you know, confidence or, you know, yes, I'm knackered, but yeah. I'll back myself in. I've done more work and fitter than what you are. Yeah. But how do they see that? Yeah. You know, yeah. if you I'm launched over at the net yeah. after a long rally or am yeah. I, no, nah, I'm peppy, I'm up, I'm going. Like, yeah. here we go. Can I force the tempo of the game a bit more? Yeah. 
from the referee's point of yeah. view, can I control the game yeah. rather than just being subjective to what's happening around me? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, first of all, my competitive juices are flowing. The combat zone, oh, I missed that. Yeah, but um, we're, we're a bunch of softies because of the volleyball net and you can't really. Yeah, yeah, even you know. so. Um, I guess it just, yeah, flows up a bit. And, um, but, oh, man, you're throwing me off now. Like, <laughs> I've lost my way. Um, it, it, it really is a unique environment, though. And one of the things that I've really admired and, you know, witnessing sort of come through that is, like, yeah, you like you talk about your weapons and like you are a powerful, intimidating man when you are on. Like you know, there is a there's a strength, there's an aura, there's a body language. Like I can understand how being at the other side of the net would be would be a challenge. But the, the, when I've seen you like really at your peak, it's that ability. You you, you know you crush you know aces. You 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 know reach over and and, and roof people out and. But then you'll also have that deft touch where you're able to sort of mix it up and change it. And like, you know, again, it comes back to that, that thing about being adaptable, being in that moment where it's like, you know, I could, I could crush it, you know, six times in a row, but if I can mix it up one out of those six and I can just throw them and throw their judgment, that I admire that. Like there's someone that's, um, that, that really has that capacity to sort of change what they need to do in that moment because they're a great responder to a situation. And, um, I've seen you do that over and over again, whether that be in relationship, as a father, as you know, as an athlete. And um, again, I, like I speak volumes about like if there's people out here that are looking for someone to come into their business and and you know help their leadership team out or talk to them about you know how to develop better relationships in the workplace or maybe some of the sporting team. Like you know, absolute like you know number one fan here, I guess. But um, but also like as an as an endorsement, like it just. You live it, Chris. Like, there, you know, I really admire authenticity. It's something I hold myself to a high standard with, and and surround myself with people like that. And fortunate, not lucky, to have you in my life. I feel like we've attracted each other for, for various reasons. And um, yeah, it's, I don't know. Mate, I I could sit here and just lord you all day, but um, I really, yeah, and it make you more and more uncomfortable until you slink off this couch. Yeah. Um, so look, there's, there's all of those sort of things. So we talked about, you know, being vulnerable and open with relationships about understanding each other, um, or, or developing some understanding. We talked about valuing kind of the, the, the team or the, the relationship above the individual needs, not to say that you don't serve those needs, but that's, that's kind of coming back to what you said about selfishness. Selfishness is not necessarily a bad thing. It's about taking personal responsibility for what you do to make sure you can bring your best to that relationship, to that team. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, beyond that, then placing that the value on well, this relationship or this team serves us, so we both need to invest in that because it feeds feeds all of us. And and you know, you've gone beyond that, and you've talked about you know how much how important it is to you to be to be a father and to be connected to your wife and to your kids as well, and the challenges that come with being a professional athlete, like. How many people go? Oh, I'd love to be beach volleyball. Love to go to the Com Games or go to the Olympics. And you kind of, you almost just like tense up inside. And you're like, if you loved it that much, you'd be doing it. You know, there's we all have to make choices, and and it's it's not all sunshine and rainbows. But there's there's definitely a worthwhile in it if if that's where you want to put your focus to it. As long as you're still sort of feeding those other things around you that that make you feel whole and feel loved and and sort of you know. What you, what you need as a person, as a human being. Yeah, look, I think people have a pretty, um, you know, you say you're, a, you're an athlete to people and they're like, oh, you have the best job ever. And, you mm. know, like, it's true. Like, I have the best job ever. Like, I I get to spend, you know, 
most years, majority of the time in summer. And I get to travel the world. I've been to, you know, 48 different countries around the world. I've been to Olympics, <laughs> been to two Commonwealth Games yeah. and, and experienced so much through sport um, yeah. that, you know, I count myself extremely fortunate that, you know, I've been able to do this and had the support of my family yeah. to be able to do it. Um, and, you know, on the flip side, it's like, yeah, would would I like to have a bit more stability? And, you know, we play for prize money, right? If we're injured or if mm. we're not playing well, then we're not getting paid. And, you yeah. know, and, you know, you see people in other jobs and, you know, they've got great salaries and all this sort of thing. And, you know, the grass is always greener. Mm. But it's like, how can you, you know, make your own, water your own garden? Like, yeah. how do you, you know, I'm away, yes, for 20 weeks a year, 16 to 20 weeks a year. You know, FIFO fathers are away for 25 if they're yeah. on a good swing. Yeah. If they're not on a good swing, they're away for more. Yeah. You know, and like how can each of those relationships that they have at home, you know, what strategies are they putting in place to, you know, yeah. keep things rolling with their kids, yeah. but also with their wives and yeah. how, I guess... Do you keep investing every day in what you yeah. do yeah. to, you know, be the best version of yourself, but also, you know, be the best in relationships that you have? Yeah. And I, you know, talking about it, and I put my hand up and say, you know, I've failed. I've failed at times as a beach volleyball partner. I've failed as a, you know, so many different relationships over time, um, but. I've, I've, I've learned from them and I'm yeah. trying to be better. Um, yeah. And I guess, yeah, like, you know, I suck at taking praise. Like you've spoken about it a couple of times, like I suck. Like I just, it hey, makes me feel I'm, so I'm awkward. even a little bit uncomfortable giving it to you because I know hey. that. So I kind of looked, I've noticed that I've been looking down instead of looking you in the eye because yeah. I don't want to put more but pressure on you too. always it. been, yeah. I don't know, it's just from wherever I was young, I just, because I guess I always feel that at times, I'm, what I've done is never good enough. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like uh, the journey to, you never, the finished product, right? And, you know. That's the whole point though, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, a, and, it's, and that's the yeah. thing, whether when I stop being an athlete, I'll be something else. Yeah. I'll be, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't worked that bit out yet, but. Um, more than um, just a beach volleyballer. <laughs> more than just a beach volleyballer, but, um, you know. I guess for me now, looking at can I help people? Can I share my experiences and share what I've learned and the strategies that, you know, a lot of people who have helped me in my career who are way smarter than what I am, you know, maybe physically couldn't do what I've done, but mentally and emotionally and, you know, through sports psychs and, you know, yeah. biomech people who have done the study, you know, I've been a recipient of their knowledge. Yeah. Um, and that puts you in a, I guess, a unique and privileged position where you have the the chance when you're on the court to, to implement it, but also off the court. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a cool experience when you put everything people have invested into you into, into action mm. and it comes off Yeah, and they get to share. Like it's the worst thing yeah. about the Olympic games and yeah. the Commonwealth games where it's like the athletes get the medal, yeah. but, you know, the coaches, the support staff, mm. all those people, you know, they don't get anything, I guess. Like, if I could cut my medal yeah, up into, it, like, five... again, we come they, back they to... They do get... We come back to what you said, though, because you remember, like, you, you actually said this earlier in the episode about 
it's you know when you when you learn to appreciate the experience of getting to that point, that's what's celebrated. There's yes, there's a medal, but like medal, me, where do medals get stored, Chris? Uh, in the sock drawer. Right. But exactly. no, no. But like in terms of like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I know like, what you mean. There's not that can, public acknowledgement in the same way. Yeah, and they sacrifice just as much as yeah. the athletes, right? Yeah. Like they're just as invested. They're just yeah. you know they spend yeah. 20 weeks away from their kids yeah. just like I do. Yeah. And so. You know, I guess sometimes it's uh, always being able to thank the people that helped you along the Definitely. way is like such a critical aspect yeah. of um, being grateful. But yeah. then also, I guess the best way to give that, you know, talking to people, the best, they want to be involved in people that want to be the best, right? Like they want to invest and sacrifice be part of a team yeah. just like we do yeah and that's that's the good juices that they yeah. want to keep going yeah um yeah it's it's one of the most rewarding parts of when you, when you i think it's something you develop later in your career when you realize who your support network are or who that team is and it's not always the people that are employed to be there sometimes it's the partners or the kids or the you know someone on the periphery like in terms of like an official role but like you know it's integral to the functioning of, of that team like to be able to celebrate those moments, those, and it, you know, whether it's a medal or whether it's just it's a qualifying for something or it's just a, a milestone in what you're doing, like that is something that I, I grew to really appreciate, um, you know, later in my career and stuff. And you know, that moment when you, you shared that piece of advice, I ended up, you know, making that team. I qualified and went to London in 2017. And the the, the biggest thrill for me was sharing with people. Like, yes, I was the out, athlete out there performing, but it was like. You know, it was my wife who, you know, invested so much in me and trusted me so much along that way, you know, thinking or, or you know, being, being more than just a witness to what's going on, but actually being a participant and someone that was valued for their role in, in doing that. And, you know, the people that gave up their time to coach you and, like you said, the skill acquisition and the biomech and, um, and some of those people paid for those roles and some aren't, but it's, 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 my goal has always been to create that mutual benefit. It's like, okay, in that example, I was the center of that team in you, you're 50% of that center. But when, you, when you're generous enough or you're um, aware enough to be able to go, actually, you know, this isn't possible with, with just you and Paul or me, myself. It's, it only becomes possible because of us. So let's celebrate that. Like that's, that, again, that, that's my joy that comes from sport. And I sense that from you as well. And it, it's also that thing that gets you through the tough times because they're the people that you know you can depend on. And, and you've, you've definitely been that person in my life. Um, you know, there's been challenges I've had and, and some people know about my injury and the six operations and th there's been much more than that, that that you've been there for for me. And um, I value for that, I appreciate you. I'm so glad that we get to share this with, with other people. Um, like I said, there's uh, you know, nervousness about interviewing one of my best mates, but um, you know, here we are. And um, look, what you shared today, mate, is just so valuable. And, and thank you, uh, thanks for being my mate. Thanks for sharing it with our with our modest audience that's you know growing and expanding. <laughs> ben, um, we're learning as well, like everyone else. We're, we're students of life. And um, before we finish up, like I, I want to give you the opportunity to sort of um, you know just thank. Obviously, you know, spoken a lot about Danae and your team, but. Who are the people that are supporting you to, to do this? Um, and, and where can people contact you if they do want to get you in and, and speak within their organisation? Yeah, look, thanks for having me first up. Um, you know, it's always, I guess, we talk about things off, off camera a fair bit. Um, and even, you know, with Ben and, and sharing, I guess, what, what I do and how I do it. 
Um, and yeah, I wouldn't be able to do this without, you know, obviously the support of my wife and my family and, you know, Sassy and AIS and Volleyball Australia, but, you know, the, the guys who have backed us in, uh, Paleo Hero have been with us, you know, since 2016, yeah. like took a, took a punt on Damo and I and, yeah. you know, they've, I think I've benefited with a couple of pizza bases or something through that as well. Their products are amazing out of Brisbane (laughs) and it's a family run business and, you know, you couldn't get better. Um, Their granola is amazing, by the way. Um, (laughs) It probably doesn't help that uh, the dietitian doesn't put that in my uh, nutrition plan. (laughs) But um, look, them, you know, Metro Homes, they've been fantastic supporters through COVID for us. Um, But also, you know, Creative Real Estate, Joe. She's more than, you know, my real estate agent. She's actually a really good mate and, you know, the most genuine, uh, humbling person you'll ever meet in mm-hmm. your life. Um, real solid of the earth character. Um, yeah. And, you know, if businesses out there want me to, would like me to come and share my story and, and share the learnings for me, it's, you know, my agency is Agency X, Carly Green Medina up there in Brisbane. Um, or track me a message on Instagram, McHugh eighty nine. I think my uh, yeah. handle is. So um, probably need to update that one. But yeah. you know, um, I just love having a chat with people and, and sharing my story and I guess the uniqueness that is beach volleyball. Um, and you know, it has so many. You can link it to so many things in life, in business. Um, it's yeah. the ultimate team sport. Like there's no. I once I was talking to a sports psych about you know beach volleyball, and she's just, and she had no idea what sport I played, and she was just like, this is the most intense mm-hmm. relationship based sport there ever is. Like yeah. nothing even gets close. Like maybe yeah. doubles tennis if you're like yeah. a long like the Brian brothers or yeah. something like that. But other than that, yeah. it's like the yeah. most screwed up thing yeah. ever. Yeah, <laughs> that was the, that was their words. That was the most screwed right. up thing. Yeah, I was like, yeah, well. Yeah. You gotta love it. Yeah, well, you polished that up and delivered it in absolute magnificent form, mate. So well done. Um, so for anyone listening, uh, so obviously, yeah, you can contact Chris through Agency X. Um, and you know, if you if you're looking to learn a bit more, you can go check out the rest of our podcast, and you can also download our free ebook if you if you check out the show notes as well. So how to go from surviving to thriving. So um, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Chris, for coming on. And right, um, mate. yeah, mate, our conversations will continue <laughs> off camera, and maybe we'll get you back on at some point to summarise those in the future as well. Sounds good. Thanks, mate. Thanks, buddy.